Hey ladies, back with you with an inside look at the I'm Ready Retreat and also with a huge, huge announcement for you. I want you all to know about this. The doors to my 10-week coaching program, God Wants You to Be Rich, are open right now and you can all learn more about that and register at yaeltrush.com forward slash rich. This is seriously the program that so many of you have asked me about where we learn about money management and mindset from a Jewish perspective. There's nothing like this and the doors are fun finally open, but just for a few more days. So check it out at yaeltrush.com forward slash rich. Feel free to DM me on Instagram if you have any questions or email me. See you soon. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Here we are, day number five. How is everybody? Who is with me? Who is with me? Hey, Lillian. Hey, Tavia. I have to send you a receipt for that, a screenshot of that amazing donation. My dear sister-in-law chose a donation for her prize. That was so beautiful. Let's, hey, Marcy. How was, guys, how is that homework? I've been reading those entries. I want to know in the chat, how was that homework? I felt like it was so powerful and so meaningful as I'm like reading. And I know some of you still have to do catch up, but yes, we made it. No, well, you know what, Hannah Victoria, we're going to get together again. I decided last night, told Justina, she already posted it. We're going to get together again, but I, I'm going to talk to you about this. Yes, right. It was very thought provoking. Definitely, definitely. So are you, you know, have you found that these mini homework assignments and, and obviously, you know, I use the prizes to incentivize you to do it because I believe it in it, but like, have you you found that these um, have been helpful? Like it's, it's, it's something that, you know, really kind of help you um, after the content. Cause, cause I wanted you to have something to concretize it, something to work on after you hear the content. It was, has this been helpful? Cause again, action, what did I say? Action is the most important thing, right? Isn't it? Isn't it so intense? Yes. Victoria says, yes, homework is helpful. Very cool. Action is the most important thing, right? It helps us focus, right? It helps. And that's what implementation is. It's like bringing it down, focusing it in and getting it like bringing it to more concrete terms. So have you gotten a lot from this retreat? That's what I want to know. We have an amazing day today. Okay. Tell me in the chat with a one, if you got a lot with a two, if not not so much. I mean, I want to (laughs) know. I want to know. We're always looking to get better here. Tell me. One, if you've, this has been amazing. I hope it exceeded your expectations, really, honestly, but you can tell me if it didn't. (laughs) One, one, okay, we're, I guess we're doing something well. Good, good. Always, always, we can always improve, we can always grow, but I am excited that it's been a positive experience so far, and I intend to keep it that way. You got a lot. Yes, okay. Over and above a one, okay, I'm so happy. That's, that's the goal, that you get a lot. A lot of value and that, and to get you to make that paradigm shift to take those new actions that will start creating new thoughts for you that will lead to new emotions that will lead to new action. And so it goes, right? Yes, we understand how this works. And again, for some of you, you know, those new steps along in your journey might not be necessarily with me and that's okay. But what I want to tell you is that I want you to find someone to help you continue taking action. I don't want you to just like revert to the old pattern, to the old paradigm, to the old mindset, to the old habits. Okay. You must invest in someone because that's how you're investing in yourself. Honestly, that's how you are raising your hand and saying, I, I am here for this, right? Otherwise, you're not going to put in the effort. You're not going to put in the work, the actions. Again, you're going to stay in the same place and we're moving ladies, right? We are growing. That's what it's all about. We are Jewish women. We are moving. We are growing. The next person who comes through your inbox, I shouldn't say the next person because you have to be a little bit discerning, but really somebody who comes into your inbox, to your radar, who understands finances, who understands the money mindset, who understands what your Jewish lifestyle values and priorities 
are as a Jewish woman, please, please, please take them up on their offer. What I really want you not, I don't, what I want, don't want you to do is to kind of like go about blindly doing this whole money thing, managing that precious resource that God has blessed you with. He blessed us with this to manage it wisely, right? I don't want you to do this blindly. I don't want you to do this with like uncertainty and, and just like take the next offer of someone who's like selling you, you know, like some, I, I talked about this on the podcast recently, like some annuity that is going to promise you some returns and retirement just because you don't understand what they're talking about or pay somebody some ridiculous commission to manage your investment portfolio for which they are getting a commission and all the stuff that they're selling you that really you don't need. Like I, I, you have to have the literacy. You have to have the understanding to make financial decisions from an informed place and with the confidence to ask the right questions for yourself, right? This is your life. This is your blessing and to make those decisions from my place. So be careful, but do, do take action. Can we, can you tell me in the chat that you're going to take action? I cannot stand for the fact that we've had so much on five days and then I don't want you to go like this. I don't want you to stay still. I really, really don't. Okay. So do find the person who understands you, who guides you, because really, if we could do it alone, yes, Ruth says, yes, yes, Ruth. By the way, I should welcome everybody who's joined the program. Congratulations. I'm so happy. But really, if we could do it alone, I let's be honest, we would have done it any, anyway. We would have done it already. We would have done it. Evidently, there is stuff holding us back. And let me tell you, it's not external stuff. It's not the pandemic and it's not the recession and it's not the job market. It never is. It never is external stuff. Have you noticed that? We like to focus on that and point fingers at that uh, the externalities because that's, that's an escape. It's a very easy escape. It's so much easier than doing the inner work. Like, for example, how many of you have gone through a transformation. I mean, this applies to anything, your parenting. Let's do food. Let's do the relationship with food and your body, right? Tell me in the chat. Yeah, we make excuses. Tell me in the chat. Have you, have you been through like some kind of transformation in your relationship with food of your body? You know, that like the experience that until you actually invested in yourself, in your coach, in your trainer, in your program, The change didn't really happen. You tried and tried for so many years, but only then when you were forced to look where to where inside, right? It was never like the change didn't happen until then because that's when you were forced to look where the problem really is. That the, 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 it wasn't really the mechanics of eating or the mechanics of taking care of your body in a way that wouldn't hurt you, right? That wasn't the real deal. The external circumstances, only when you worked on the inner stuff, and I think Marcy, you could speak to that. Maybe even Dania, you have experience with this, right? Only when you worked on the inner stuff, the, the change, change happened. The external circumstances were the same, right? Your mother who was, I don't know what she did with the food and she conditioned you or whatever, or your friends in camp who did, I don't know what, or the bully in your school, like all that stuff stayed the same, None of that changed. That's exactly what happened. That was the, the, those were the cards that I was dealt, right? You needed to change. We need to change. We needed to, we need to do the inner healing, the inner work, right? So, so that's when you could then, when you made that investment in that change, then you could apply the mechanics of the eating, of the exercising, of the sleeping in the best way for you. Like all those things that we knew how to do from the beginning. We were just not doing right. So that happens. Yes. Yes. We learn to make healthy choices. Exactly. So I'm so happy to see. Yes. Yes. You're having a good time so far. Okay. So let's have an amazing session. And I want to tell you that we're going to do this again. I'm going to come back on Sunday. One of you said, Oh, I'm so sad. It's over. It's not over. I just told you I want to come back on Sunday because I want to come back and really be with you again. I want to delve into questions. I want to do a few things with you on Sunday, but let's get, by the way, before I get to the topic, I, I, I really need us to get this that if you think this, <laughs> this has been awesome. Honestly, imagine what your experience will be like inside God wants to be rich. Just imagine it. But actually, I should say we're not now as we're planning Sunday's Sunday's event. You don't have to imagine it because really what I'm going to do 
is when I come back on Sunday with you, because also I want to give time to the people those that are not here today and are going to be watching the replay. I know in so many countries, it's already Shabbat, people took off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People sometimes are busy on Fridays, whatever it is. What I really want to do on Sunday is not only announce the prices of the winners, because we're going to still be giving prices, but I also want to bring in students who can tell you what their experience was like inside my program. And so that you can see for yourself more of what what that's like for them. What was their journey? You know, is that journey particularly resonating with me? Can I relate to these people, right? And so you'll get a better understanding. But I also want to answer questions because I know so much has come up from homework, from exercises we've done also. So all that stuff. Okay, so let's have that after party. Justina, make sure to keep us posted about the after party on Sunday. She'll send reminders and we'll gather again on Sunday, same time. We'll have a session. We'll have students. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll announce the prices. By the way, there's more prices coming, right? Like, you know that if you need to catch up on homework all five days, you still can because we're raffling off a big price for somebody who did the work. It's all about the action. So let's dive in to secret number five, monetizing our mission. Who is ready? Listen to me, ladies. When we talk about how we distribute our money, how we allocate our money, there's a really important part, which is often overlooked in this conversation, money conversation, this financial conversation, and we can't overlook it. And it is how I generate my money. What is the channel for that blessing? And unfortunately, you know, the more I think about this and I learn about this, I realize that so many of us get the message about making a livelihood that in a way that it disregards, it almost really fully disregards our talent, our interest, our personality. I I don't know if it was something in the 90s. I think there's definitely been a shift, but there is still still messaging that it's more like, well, you do what you need to do. That's the responsible thing. No adult goes into such a career and really like, so what if you don't love it? You don't need to love it. You just have to do the adult thing. You have to do the responsible thing. And by the way, it's not, I'm not advocating for irresponsibility, but there's, there, there's a, there's a, there's a Jewish perspective here that we need to learn today. Okay. You know, it's, 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 it's not enough to say, well, you're competent in it. Do it, put in the hard work, um, and engage in a career and a job that doesn't fulfill you has really doesn't has nothing to do really with your innermost talents and aptitudes and all the things we have to be really, really, really careful with that. And I think think many of us have seen either in our lives, we're seeing it now. There's a big trend. This is happening collectively, like big time that people give up their soul and their lives in jobs that make them absolutely miserable and they feel completely stuck. And that's, that's what's happening right now collectively. Like they call it the great, the great resignation, right? People are waking up to this reality. And I remember when I went, you know, when I went into banking, like that was kind of like the message, like what else would a, a, a highly achieving girl who got went to an exclusive university do well you did banking or you did consulting or you became a doctor right like well and then was you could be an engineer right but there was like there was like it was forget about whether it's aligned with your personality with your talents with your interests you're you're highly achieving you're capable just do it forget that you're interested in other beautiful things communication human relations writing teaching whatever it was right there like there's no money in that there's no money in that right that was kind of like a lot of the messaging that, so what was missing in our education was a focus on mission there was no understanding back then and even today i can't again we have to shift these the, it's a shift of paradigm. Of there was no understanding of something that, honestly, ladies, it's something that Judaism is very, very emphatic about. And again, we miss it because we're in this exile where everything is getting blurred for thousands of years by the mentality of other mentalities. Let's just call it right. That's the view of exile. We miss the point. And what is that Judaism says and it's emphatic about? It's that the way we make our money. And our mission, our personal missions are intrinsically connected. They're intrinsically related, or at the very least, they should be. (laughs) 
They are. You just need to actually do the thing. Okay. And we don't tend to have that approach and not just for ourselves. I'll tell you more for our children, right? For our children, we do it to our kids. We kind of pigeonhole them into these paths because of we're, we're projecting our own fears that they're not going to have enough. That they're not going to make the money. Again, where's the trust, right? Do you know that the Talmud tells us that we have to educate our children in an occupation? We have to train them in an occupation that is con- aligned, is congruent with their interests and their aptitudes. I mean, it's, 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 it's an, we're talking, this is what our, our wisdom has been telling us all these years. And how many of us say, oh, no, well, there's, there's no money in that. Like an artist, a writer, like what? Communicate, like what? What kind of career is that for a nice Jewish kid? <laughs> right. But like, really, the Talmud is telling us to train our kids to look for their strengths for their interest and pursue their livelihood there. That's where the channel for their livelihood is going to be. And obviously, if this is the instruction for us as parents, the same is true for ourselves. We have to wake up. We have to wake up. Listen, when I went to business school, I have, when I went to business school, I went to graduate school and I got an MBA at, at NYU in Manhattan. Okay. We spoke and spoke at nauseum about business mission, right? We wrote business plans. We talked about mission. It's the guiding post of any successful business. It's what guides everything that a business does, right? And so this concept, I want you to realize that it was not invented by the business gurus. It wasn't invented in the MBA programs. This is a concept that we learned from God himself. Look at creation. Every creation has a certain mission and that mission is central to who they are, how they operate, right? You could see everything does what they need to be doing. But but here's the catch. What about us humans, right? Do we have a mission statement? So evidently, unlike the rest of creation, we weren't born with an instruction manual or a fancy deck, a fancy business plan that tells us exactly what our mission is and how to fulfill it. And it's like, well, thank you, God. You could have made it a little bit easier. We do. We have a blueprint that tells us the things that we've been learning about today, right? But what I've come to discover from our own, for my own life and from interviewing, doing hundreds of interviews on the podcast is that the fact that humans don't have an instruction manual per se specific is really, it's a sure sign that finding our mission is part of our journey. It's part of our journey. As we're traveling through life, we're going to be presented with opportunities and with resources to discover and fulfill that mission. No one comes with a business plan that's going to tell us what our personal mission is. But what we do come with in that blueprint is a collective mission, right? Which we've talked about this during these five days. That collective mission is to make a dwelling place for God in the physical world by serving him, by doing the deeds that he's designed for us that are perfect for our soul's makeup. And then each and every one of us, each and every one of us does that in their unique way. And nobody can do it the way we do it, right? We come with a set set of inner resources, those talents, those weaknesses, those strengths and the external circumstances, the external resources, right? So let's start, I think as we're developing this idea, what I really want to do is kind of start with the inward look because that's really where the, the difficulty is. Think about it this way. We all come with a bag of tools, right? We come with like, let's call it a toolkit better, right? And that's all the learned the learned stuff, the natural talents, you know, the things that we come with that are just natural, naturally inclined to that we learn over the journey, the capabilities, all that stuff, right? And what we need to do really is open the bag or the toolbox, the toolkit and figure out how do I use these tools to serve God and his world? How do I serve humanity with this? What am I going to do with this bag that I've been given? We all got a bag, an individual bag, right? And whatever you pull out of the bag, it's it's telling you something. You don't have the same bag that I have. None of us do, right? And I want you to know something, and I want to look it up for you because it's it's really very powerful. But in the Gate of Trust, which is a a portion of a fascinating Torah book, called the duties of the heart. Okay. The section that talks about trust, Rabbeinu, um, uh, Rabbeinu Ibn Pekuda talks about trust and he starts relating it to the concept that we're 
talking about today, this mission. And he says the following, look at this. Whoever discovers within his personality and nature an attraction to a particular trade and his body is fit for it and can endure his, the difficulties should pursue it and make his means of earning a livelihood. Isn't that crazy? So whoever finds a, an attraction to something and their body's made for that, it's built for that and can sustain that. You know, some people are very intellectual and they really have, they really can handle deep thinking. Some people are built very, very muscular and they can handle, you know, deep, big physical labor, right? You were designed in a certain way and you are also inclined and attracted, he says, to a particular thing. One should pursue that and make it the means, the channel to earn a livelihood. And he continues to explain how that works also even with, with creation itself, right? There's, so he continues to explain how there's certain birds that have a certain type of, what do you call that? Beak or something, whatever, right? That is perfectly designed to capture certain types of fish, right? So that's, that's what God is doing, right? And what's in our bag, right? We got to know what's in our bag and then, then we're going to find our purpose. And by the way, this is what's important to this conversation. There's where we're going to find our profit. It's like the mission and the money because the sustenance, the mission, the sustenance, the money, the sustenance, the money, where does it come from? It comes from God. And so all he's asking us to do is to discover what did I give you in this bag? Open it. Don't worry about the money right now. That's not your job right now. You've got to discover what you came with. Use the tools in your bag. That's your responsibility. That's your effort, right? But there's all, there's, there's something else here that's also important to mention that we carry certain things in our bags that we sometimes think they're garbage. And I see this all the time. And we think like, you know, the, the challenges, the crisis, you know, there's, they're, they're not garbage, right? Anything that you have is to be used. Okay. Now, what do we do with this? Right. Let me ask you this. Have you, did you ever hear as a kid the question, what do you want to do when you grow up? Tell me in the chat. Tell me in the chat, what do you want to do when you grow up? It's a horrible question. It's a really, from a Jewish perspective, it's a horrible question. And it always bothered me, actually, which, you know, makes me wonder. I guess my soul was saying, like, there's really something really wrong here. Like, it really always bothered me as a child till today. It just really irks me. Because the real question is, the question that Judaism proposes is rather, what problem would you like to solve? What problem do you want to solve in the world? What do you want to fix? Or like the Lubavitcher, the Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say, the way you answer, what do I do, right? What do you do is to ask, why am I truly here, right? That's where you need to be. Why am I here? In fact, mentioning the Rebbe, I want to, yeah, you got that question all the time. I know it's, it's horrible. I want to tell you something that Lubavitcher Rebbe wrote, well, in the name of his, his father, the sixth Rebbe in, in the book, Hayom Yom, there's an entry here for the day of the 25th of Nisan that is so, so powerful. Listen to this. Every individual is required to serve God according to his nature and spiritual level. A person who can pierce pearls or polish gems, yet occupies himself with baking bread, is considered to have sinned, even though this too, baking bread, is a much needed task. How about that? If you are meant to be polishing gems, and you're doing something that is very important, we need people to bake bread, but it's not you. You're not not supposed to be baking the bread. God, God didn't give that in your toolbox. You are really where you're meant to really be shining your light is in polishing gems. We need the bread maker a hundred percent, right? So part of my effort is finding the best way, finding what's in my toolbox. And then that extends to finding the best way that I can get paid for utilizing those inner resources those inner and outer resources, right? That all the stuff that's in my toolbox. How can I best ser- serve the world with that? The better I serve, meaning the more value I add, the more money comes to me because I'm serving, because I'm mission aligned. Does this, does this make sense? Why the question is not good? Which question? What do you want to be when you grow up? That question? Well, look at the better question, right? What am I, what are you here to fix, right? It's service oriented. It's mission oriented. It's not about 
you. It's not about putting you in a box. Oh, you want to be, oh, you want to be a fireman? Oh, well, that's no, no, it's like, what, where are your talents? Where are your aptitudes? It's a whole different perspective. This, it's making sense, making sense. Okay. Yes, Lani. I want to tell you something. We have to get this part. We have to understand that our part of our effort is finding the best way to get paid for doing that, which we are uniquely talented at doing because there is nothing noble about being poor. There really isn't like poverty is not piety. And and I think we've established that at this point, right? But there's also nothing noble about being miserable and doing your work, doing something for pay that makes you completely sucks the soul out of you, that it's not aligned with you, that makes you completely miserable, right? That's lack of trust. God says, you don't have to do that. That's not what we're supposed to do. You have to be in a find that means through your interest and talent. Baking bread is very important, but it's not for you. I need you polishing gems, right? I need the baker for sure, but that's not you. Okay. So we have a mission. The mission involves and requires materiality. We explained that before. And I'm here to build the best, the best vessel to receive that abundance so that I can use that materiality to advance the mission. And that necessitates that I'm fully, fully in tune with that all in. So obviously the question is, how do I do that? You know, even before I can get to the question of, well, how do I negotiate and how do I charge and how do I come up with the most valuable product or service to offer my clients and all that stuff. You know, the, the, the question that comes before that is, well, how do I get clear on my mission? And there's, there's a lot of things that we could do and we don't have time today, but I'll tell you one that's really, really, really cool. Um, have you ever heard of a Japanese Ikigai? Ever heard of that? It's really, really an amazing exercise. I'll tell you what you, you could do and you could do it later. Okay. Really what, what, what the Japanese, you know, this Japanese idea of the Ikigai, what it's draw, trying to get us to find is the intersection between four things. Number one, what do you love to do? And you can do it. Take pen and paper and write these down and, you know, you can share them with me later if you want. What do you love to do? What are you good at? What does the world need? And finally, because again, I told you this is part of the process. What is the world willing to pay for? Right? So you're going to find areas and answers. Again, we're not going to do this together, but it's really, it's really fascinating. You're going to find where the four of these start intersecting. And it's important to take that hint. It's important to really explore that, you know, because really, I think, I think we've all kind of bought into some sort of narrative, some sort of lies. I want to call them lies, really, because it, it kind of it really is. Number one, and I'm sure we've all experienced this one, like I could never make money doing that. And then, of course, the famous, the classic one, like, who am I to do that? Like, no, that's them. That's that's not me. I could never do that. Like, who am I to do that? Like, right. Have you ever experienced that? I, I want I want you to take pen and paper. I do want to do this with you. I actually do want to do I don't want to do the Ikigai because it takes ta- a lot of time. You could do it on your own, but I do want to do this one exercise. And I think you're going to see because it does kind of relate to your homework. I think take, take te- pen to paper and tell me in the chat if you're ready. I want us to do something. I want you to... Oh, what's the third one of the Ikigai? What does the world need? What does the world need? I want you to, first of all, take those two lies out of your head, right? For this, for this second, for just let's dream a little bit, right? The lie, I could never make money doing that, or who am I to do that? Okay. They're not here. There's no limitations, right? We're crossing that ocean. There are no limits. Yeah. There's, we're not in the boundaries of nature because remember, we're plugged above, right? We're living this in this, this week's portion, right? And I want you to take in that paper and write just five things that you would love to do with your life. You would love like, oh my gosh, I would love to be doing that. Like I would love to run a travel agency. I would love to, I don't know, be taking tours of teenagers in Israel. I would love to be a lawyer and help, you know, I don't know, battered women. I don't know because I'm not you, but write down five things that you would love to do. No limitations, right? We're not, forget about, well, there's really never no money on that. And I, I could never do that. Forget those two things, right? Like, like, honestly, if you like were five, six years old, okay, what do you think you would love to do? I know, you know, because we all know, we just kind of don't want to face it. But like, 
I don't, I, I'm not going to see it. So you don't really have to share it with me. So don't worry. So just do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Do we have them? Do we have them? I really want you to do this. It's really, really, really cool. I want you to look at your list and I want you to take a deep breath and see which of those makes you feel more joyful, more expansive. When you look at it, you don't feel like this. You feel like, oh my God, that's amazing. It excites you. It's like so crazy that it excites you. So does that does that jump out to you? I, I, I'm pretty sure it will. I want you to pay attention to that feeling. I want you to because there is a lot of wisdom there. <laughs> I want you to put a star. I want you to circle that answer. And my guess is, by the way, that if you do that Ikigai exercise, it's going to come up to be something really similar to that answer that's jumping out of the paper at you. Okay. And now I want us to go back to those two lies. I could never make money to th- doing that. And how do we approach this? Uh, excuse me. So God has infinite ways of sending people that money, right? He just asks you to show up and to do what did we say, God will bless you and all that you do, right? And who am I to do that? Well, the better question is always, who am I not to? Because this is not about me. It's not about my ego. This is about how do I serve God in the world with what he's given me? We have a moral responsibility to our soul, to God, to his world to go do that thing, which only we can go do, right? And I really think that these lies have a lot to do with our concept of self-worth and the whole entanglement that we have with the concept of money. Have we entangled these two ideas together, self-worth and money? I want to tell you something. The concept of self-worth and net worth, let's call it that, right? Financial terms, like a financial net worth, right? They get really, really messed up, right? We know what net worth is, like how much we, how many assets we have, assets minus debts, right? What is our net worth, right? This idea, these two ideas, we don't realize, again, it's very subtle, it's very unconscious, but they do get tangled. So I want to untangle them for you once and for all, because we have to get this, okay? This is a very important piece of the financial conversation. Your net worth, which if you don't know yet what that is, you will know soon, you will learn how to track it. Like this is something that we have to know. It's a good, useful number, right? Any student of mine who comes into the program learns to do this and understands, puts it in the proper perspective, obviously. It's a good number to have. We have to measure it because it does give us a financial picture of where our finances are holding at any given point in time, right? And so that's what it does. Now, it's just a number, And by nature, listen to this. If it's just a number, then by nature, it's finite. And not only is it finite, but it changes. It fluctuates. It fluctuates through our life. That's why we just measure it regularly. It fluctuates in everybody's lives. It has absolutely no certainty. It's going to keep changing. As we know, you can have a very high net worth one day and in a matter of days or hours, it can plummet or you can take on a huge amount of debt and then it can, it can be reduced. So it doesn't matter. It's always going to change. I mean, it matters. We have to know what it is, but I'm saying it fluctuates. Okay. And so a lot of people might think that a low net worth, low, whatever that means might mean that they're not as worthwhile or as worthy or as someone, that person out there, I don't know what we want to call them or her who has a high or a positive net worth or higher net worth. So not true because your finite net worth is not an indicator of your worth as a person. That's what we know as Jews. And by the way, talking about before about food and all that stuff. Neither is your weight, neither is your IQ, neither is your credit score, your bank balance, your, I don't know, number of social media followers. Like all those numbers might tell you something about your health, about your finances, about your marketing acumen. I don't know. They don't tell you anything about your worth as an individual. Okay. So are we getting this? Because you, your self-worth is not a finite number. Your self-worth can't be measured. You know why it can't be measured? Because it's infinite. Because it's a, you have a piece of infinity in the language of the Torah. You really have a piece of God inside of you himself. You're a unique manifestation of the divine. And that's what we're doing here. We're going to manifest God's light in this world in a unique way, right? There's only, there's something that only you can do. 
that nobody else has done. Okay. Now you are going to be thinking probably at this point, okay, but what does that have to do with my money? And I'm telling you that right now it has everything to do with your money because while your net worth does not say anything about your self-worth, your perception of your self-worth, how worthy you think you are directly impacts your net worth. Did we get this? Did we get this? This is super important. Your perception, let me just explain it a little bit. Your perception of your self-worth is going to impact how you show up in every area of your life, including your financial life, which is what we're dealing with. How you show up in every relationship, including your relationship with money. It will impact how you earn your money, how you allocate your money, how you negotiate for your money, how you invest your money, how you speak about your money, how you come up with creative ways to use your talents to make money. Yes. Every morning, the first thing that a Jewish person says during those first seconds of consciousness, what do we say? We say the modeani, right? We say, I am thankful to you living an eternal king for mercifully restoring my soul within me, right? We've given that gift. And how do we end? Your faithfulness is great. And it's mind-blowing. The creator of the world has faith in me? Yeah, with all your talents, with all your strengths, with all your weaknesses, your imperfections, all the inner resources and all of your life circumstances, your external resources, all of it is given back to you every single morning to utilize at its fullest, okay? And that, ladies, gives us a tremendous sense of humility and responsibility. Because when I realize that, not only will I be compelled to take care of my money, but I will be compelled to go out and make more money. Not for any other reason than God wants me to utilize my infinite potential in his world right? Money's never the ends. It's the means. So remember, my self-worth is not measured by my net worth. You can't do that. But knowing my infinite self-worth, that I am connected to infinity, that I am I'm a piece of the divine, entrusted by him to bring a unique light into this world, really knowing that will surely increase my net worth. Isn't that so? Isn't that so? Do we believe it? Do we believe it? And a lot of us shy away from abundance because of this entanglement and this misperception of their self, of self-worth. There was once a, you know how Oprah used to have that TV show? Obviously, you know that, right? She once staged a, an exercise during that show, um, that live show where she asked I, there was a stage full of women and she asked these women to write down how much money they would like to earn. It's something that we did yesterday, right? So these women, they couldn't see, they couldn't see what the other women were writing before they, where they would ha- they had to show their ideal income number, um, to the, to the audience in the, in the stage, in the TV stage. Okay. So they're on stage. There's a whole audience. It's a live show. It's also live streamed on TV, right? Ever, right? And they were writing the how much they would like to make, their income number. And the amounts were totally different, like really totally different. There was like between, you know, there was 75,000, there was 200,000, there was a million dollars. Okay. So now comes a time when Oprah is going to ask the women and they show the number. Okay. So she asks the woman who wrote $75,000, why, why had she capped? her ideal income at 75,000. And so this lady says that amount would be plenty. It's enough. And I don't need more than that. Sound familiar? We talked about this yesterday, right? And so Oprah being the journalist and, you know, and the person who she is, she pressed again. She asked why, like she kept pushing, but why? Until finally the woman responded, I can't imagine making more than that. And that's, when Oprah took the opportunity, and I want to tell you what she said, <laughs> she actually let everybody in on her financial mindset. 
And I, you know, not it's not a Jewish person, but it doesn't matter. We can learn so much from this. Look, look, look at what Oprah said. Okay. She said, I make a gajillion dollars and it's not even mine. And I could just, you could just imagine Oprah saying this. Okay. I ask God every day to help me serve. Whatever money comes into my hands is an opportunity to redirect it to other people and projects so I don't have any shame around it. To me, it's all a flow. It comes in and then I put it back out. I just get to help guide the money that is not really even mine and I don't have any problems around receiving it. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? Right? Right there, right? So if your misconceptions about money are really getting in the way of you making the impact that you want to make, that you know your soul has to make, needs to make, then you're going to have to change the story. You're going to have to change the story. It's within. The work is within. There's like this beautiful story. I'm always reminded of the story when I talk about this of the great Reb Sushel of Annapoli. Those who know me know like this is one of my favorite Jewish characters of all times. But when Reb Susha was on his deathbed, um, he expressed his concern, his, you know, about what was going to be. And his students said, you don't have to worry, Susha. You're such a righteous individual. You obviously, you know, what's coming for you. It's like amazing, right? And he says, no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm not worried because they're going to, they're not going to ask me, Susha, why weren't you Moses? Or Susha, why weren't you Abraham? They're going to ask me, Susha, why weren't you Susha, right? Yael, why weren't you Yael? Dania, why weren't you Dania, right? Nobody else can do what we're meant to be doing. We have to understand this. And I want you to know something that I left intentionally till today. I told you on day one, I have a little bit more to say about money, but I don't want to get into it today because we really needed to do day one. Okay. I'm going to say it now. Money is, I like to call it an amplifier because really what we see is that money allows you to be more of who you already are. And that's a really, really good thing because we're already really amazing people, right? So what I'm saying is if a person is greedy by nature, money is going to allow them to be more greedy. If it's generous by nature, the generosity amplifies. If we're creative, again, we can be more creative. We can, it allows that, allows that person to express that creativity in many more ways. It's an amplifier for us to create that impact. And of course, we can see this in many, many stories in the Torah and the Talmud, right? How the money amplify the generosity and the good traits of a person or God forbid the opposite, right? So again, there's no problem with the money. The money's going to do amazing things because we are ambassadors, right? We have the right mindset to do what God wants us to do with it. That's why it's been given to us, right? So I, that's why I'm telling you that the numbers part is really honestly the easy part because we all know what to do. We know we have to make more than what we spend, that we have to save, that we have to make our money work for us, that it's, you know, so that it's growing while we sleep. We have to give. We all know that. And yet we're not doing it or we're so overwhelmed in doing it. It's like somebody said yesterday, sent me a DM and she said, yeah, I just don't think it's the mindset piece. I think I need the how. I'm sitting on all this cash, she was saying, and I really don't know exactly where I need to be channeling it. I just want to want you to give me like a program on the how. I need you to know something, ladies. I'm going to teach you the how. And yes, by the way, you should not be sitting on that much cash in a bank account, okay? Because you're losing a lot of purchasing power to inflation. But the reason you're not implementing the how is because of your mindset, you can open any personal finance book and get the how. Like, will the, will the author tell you, tell it all to you, like within a Jewish framework? Absolutely not. We know that. No, that's why we're here. Will it guide you in getting clear of what your particular Jewish values that you want to finance and that you want to shine on and designing a path where you're actually, your money's actually advancing on those values? Absolutely not. You're not going to get that, but you are going to get the mechanics. You are going to get the how of the financial stuff. Yeah, you get it. And like, don't tell me it's not there. I know it's there. I have, 
I could send you my entire library, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to tell it to you. And yet I guarantee you that you're still going to be sitting on that cash or you'll be sitting on that debt or that life insurance policy that you didn't, you know, take or that will that you haven't written, all the stuff that you're going to be sitting on it. Because if it was about the how, because if it was about the books and it was about the podcast, and by the way, this is coming from a person who has a podcast on this. I mean, I tell you every single day on my show, how the how, (laughs) if it was about the how, we wouldn't be here. If all you really needed was the information, you wouldn't be here. You know what you need to do. But it's not the information. What we really need is the implementation. That's the only way the change happens, right? Remember, whatever you're not changing, you are choosing. And that's why I run this program. And I'm not going to take any excuses from the animalistic lower side of the safe side that is wants to keep us stuck, wants to keep our soul from behind, not shining and it gives it all sorts of excuses. Like I just need the how, or I can't really afford it. Like it's so, it's so crazy. And as I'm reading this week's Torah portion, I'm saying we just get so stuck in the limits. We forget that when we plug above the sea really split. And it's really interesting to me because we find we as women are incredible at this. We are so quick to find money, to finance every request of our children and our family members, like fifth graders with an iPhone that costs the same as yours or your 16 year old with a car. That's like, it's just crazy stuff that we do, right? Fancy clothing for our teenagers when we haven't bought ourselves nice underwear or pajamas in 10 years and 15 years. Like seriously, like we do this as women. (laughs) I'm not going to ask you if that's you, but I know this happens, right? When it comes to us, who are the foundation of the home, nothing happens. Nothing changes. Why? We are the ones who make change happen. If it's not happening with us, nobody else in the household is changing. The world is not changing, honestly, right? Because when we change ourselves, by extension, we are changing our husbands. We are changing our children. We are changing. And in the people who come in our contact, our entire sphere of influence by how we shine brighter, all of that has a ripple effect. And yet it's so interesting how we say, I really can't, I really can't do this. Right. It was crazy to me yesterday. I had this incredible conversation and we, we, we delved into this because again, it goes back to the Torah portion. I had this friend who called me. I wrote it in my newsletter. Maybe you read it. And she asked me about my opinion about a certain school. Right. And I was telling her about the school. And then she asked me, okay, so how much does it cost? So I told her how much it costs because I happened to send a child to that school. Right. And she says, forget it. Yeah. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. I'll just have to look into another school. And that's exactly the point. The Jews are with the sea in front, the Egyptians behind, and Paro rears its ugly head again, right? Under the natural order of the world, there was no way this was going to happen. There's no way, right? The sea can't split, And yet, here we are. But we are so stuck. We give lip service to our trust. We forget yet again that we are plugged to that infinite source who can work above and beyond nature if we allow him to. But instead, we say, no, that's not, that, that's, that's not possible. That's not possible. We don't believe in the possibility. We don't believe in the possibility. It is possible. It is possible. So again, we wrote about this last night, right? We wrote about what is this cord that is holding me back. And what is the cost of me staying with that cord? What is my cord? Right? So let me tell you what we're going to do. I have to give out the prices, but I also have an amazing homework, but I have an exciting, an exciting announcement regarding God wants you to be rich. Okay. I want to extend one of last night, last night's bonuses till Sunday morning. And then I want to do something else. And I just thought about this before coming on with you because why not? And because also I, I had this super cool conversation with this, this person that I'm going to give you right now a bonus with. Okay. We're going to add to sweeten the deal 
and the excitement. Because again, I need you to know that this is a place where you are going to take action, where you are going to actually do the changes. This, what we're going to add today is we're going to add a bonus. Whoever signs up today is not only not just going to get a bonus guest expert session with Rabbi Dave Mason, creator of Financial Fundamentals and the author of The Cash Machine. And this is going to be an incredible session, but I'm also going to bring for those special students a session with Rebetzin Batchen Grossman, who is an incredible marriage coach for high income earners. So you want that. You really, really want that because there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of practical wisdom that you're going to get from this. And I want you to understand this is on top of everything we get in the program, but also that you know, to get time, a one-on-one session with these individuals is like not only not readily available, but it's very expensive because it's very valuable. So really it's, it's, it's like what I said yesterday, having a one-on-one session with me. We're not offering that anymore, by the way, that expired this morning and congratulations to those who got it. There is so much in this program. I'm sure you saw it. I, I'm sure you saw that not only are we meeting twice a week together, but we have expert sessions on changing our thoughts, on budgeting to live, not living to budget. We have a lot more and it's all on the website. Justina, maybe you can give them a website for those who don't know. Plus, you get these two bonus guest experts who are amazing. I wouldn't bring them if I didn't think they were amazing. Okay. So let's talk about Sunday also because we have this after party and I want you to be there because I'm going to be raffling the prizes and I want to also answer questions. I want to take time for that. And I want to bring you also students who can really talk to you and tell you their story, you know, um, and tell you their stories and maybe you can relate to their story. Okay. So what should I do first? Justina, can you give us later? Can you make sure we all know about Sunday's after party? Cause I really, really felt like this was. I don't really always do this, but I felt like this group is so engaged and there's so many people who are like still playing, you know, catching up on the replays um, and doing the homework. I want to come together on Sunday and I want I told you, I want to do it Monday too, but I really want us to come and kind of like continue the conversation and more be like answering your questions, like really getting into, because there's so much that probably came up for you as you were doing the work during these five days. Okay. Especially, I mean, even today, today, what I said was not, I really need you to process this. It it was a lot to do in less than an hour. I mean, this is really big stuff. So you're going to process it. You're going to do the homework. And then we can delve into it a little bit bigger, uh, deeper. We can, we can answer questions and have like more discussions. Okay. So I want to know, should I announce the prize winners or should I, should I give the homework first? <laughs> should I? Well, actually, you know what? You guys start telling me what I should do first. And first I will tell you what the prizes are. Okay. So what we're going to do is for today's homework, we're going to pick two winners again, two winners again. One winner is going to win a Shine your light mug. We're going to put the picture. It's from Amuna Creations by Leah Mandel. Amazing, Leah. Thank you for making such beautiful things. We're so happy to support you. One of you will win that since we just spoke all about mission and shining our light. And you're going to be doing homework on that. So that's one of the prizes that goes to one winner. A second prize is a half scholarship to God wants you to be rich. So that's super exciting. And remember that if you're playing, if you're doing, if you're catching up, you really should do the five days of homework. You know, it's okay to play catch up. This is the time to do it because we are going to be raffling a full scholarship to the program to somebody who submits, who has submitted the five days of homework. Okay. So you want to be sure to do that. Okay. So what do I do first? Do I do homework first? So I give you the homework for day five first, or do you want to hear the winners of last night's raffle? I, I don't know. I don't know. I should do homework. Okay. Fine. I'm going with homework. I'm going to do homework. All right. This is going to super help you. Super help you. It's super. It's going to help you get in touch with that toolbox that we talked about, that that bag and your missions. And it's just a lovely exercise. You're going to love it. Okay. And at the very, very least, oh, I was going to bring you something at the very, very least. I'll put it in the chat. I'll I'll tell you soon what I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) I'm like getting ahead of myself because I know what the homework is. But going back to what the homework is, I think this, what I'm about to say, it's going to be a lot of fun for you. Either either it will get you closer to understanding what that toolbox is, that toolkit, or you're going to smile. 
Like literally, you're going to light up. It's going to put a big smile on your face. Okay, so this is it. Number one, write it down. Justina's going to anyway post it, but write it down. Okay, you're going to ask three to five friends. Just WhatsApp them today. Send them a text. It's a good day to do that because anyway, you can wish them a Shabbat Shalom. And you're going to ask them the following. You're going to say, I want, I have a weird question for you. (laughs) I want you to tell me when you think about me. And again, pick three to five close friends who really, you know, those people, like sometimes they're not even the people that we talk to often, but like we, you know, they're really, really good friends, really know us. Ask them the following. When you think about me, when you think about me, Yael, Dania, whatever, Justina, your friend, Marla, when you think about me, what's that thing that comes to mind that you need help with, you come to me. You know to come to me for that thing. Did I, did I explain that? What's that thing that you need help and you know to come to me? Okay. I, w- I want to know from you, what is that thing? Is it, you know, what I'm getting at is that they're, they're going to tell you, well, you're my organized friend. Obviously, when I'm like, I need organization, I come to you. Or you're like my clairvoyant friend. When I really like need clarity on something, I come to you. Or you're like, my cooking tips, friend, uh, excuse me, Marla, you're here, right? Like when I know I need, I'm stuck in the kitchen, I go to Marla, right? What is it? Like, I just like, it's just a fun question. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that it's gonna, there's certain things that are going to show up. If there's going to be a pattern. Okay. And it's all going to kind of like give you those clues about what we talked about today about the toolbox. At the very least, it's going to warm your heart and it's going to light you up. So that's question number one. Did we get this? Okay. Okay. That's question number one. Okay. What is that thing that you need help with that you know to come to me, that you come to me for? Okay. That's one part of the homework. The second thing is, and I wanted to bring you my picture and I forgot. I'm going to put it in the, in the Facebook. I want you to post a picture of yourself as a little girl, as that little six, seven-year-old girl. Remember we started with this at the beginning? As that little girl who heard, that's not a job that makes money. Like, who does that? Like, no, no, no. Or that's too expensive. Or we don't talk about money around here. Or don't ask for that. That precious little girl that absorbed so much stuff that dimmed her light and that clouded her relationship with this beautiful resource and with herself and with her God and with others, right? It's all interconnected. I want you to post a picture of that seven-year-old girl. I mean, obviously, if you don't have a seven-year-old picture, a five-year-old, you know, at eight, I want us to see that picture, okay? And I will put mine. I want us to see that picture. And finally, the third item on the homework. So number one, you're going to text three to five friends, you're going to get their answers. Number two, and tell us what the answers are because they're going to be amazing. Number two, we're going to post a picture. Easy enough. Number three, last night you wrote about what's your cord, what's keeping you stuck, right? Today, I want you to write a letter to yourself, just a permission. It doesn't have to be a long letter, just a permission slip. And this is how I word it, okay? And this is how I would like you to do it. So take notes, You can adjust it, obviously, a little bit if you need to. But this is the permission slip that I really want us to give ourselves. I give you permission to discover a life where your soul shines brightly, where you are using your talents and your money in alignment with your mission, where you are fulfilling your deepest desires, where money is not an obstacle but a vehicle where money is not a curse, but a blessing. I give you permission. I give you permission to see and live the infinite possibilities that the infinite creator has available for you. And you're going to sign it. That's your permission slip. So yesterday you wrote about the cord. You wrote about the cost of staying with that cord. And that was so powerful. And I I still have to comment through a lot of those. Okay. So give me some time because I did spend a lot of time commenting, but I haven't finished. Now we're going to write a permission slip. We're going to give that little girl permission. That's us. Okay. And you get to keep it. Keep the permission slip and put it in a frame with your picture. Okay. All right. So did we get this? Did we get this incredible work? I really look forward to seeing this and have fun also with the questions. I mean, 
Come on, reach out to your friends. Okay, are we ready for some winners? Are we ready for some winners? Who is ready? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Okay, I'm so excited for this. Okay, winner number one who got the Amazon gift card, Miriam Yeager. Miriam, are you here? Are you here? Congratulations, Miriam. You won the gift card. Now, winner number two of a half scholarship, I know is not here because she lives in a country where Shabbat already started and she already told me that she wasn't going to be here. In a voice note where she said she expressed how much she really wanted to be part of God Wants You to Be Rich. And I've been seeing her work and I got that voice note. And just an hour ago, I know she's not here because she said, I'm sorry, I'm going to miss day five. I hope I can't get the replay. Just an hour ago, Justina sent me her name that came out of the raffle. Hillary Kushner, you just won the half scholarship. And Justina, let's not even post it because I, I kind of want to leave her a voice note. I want you to watch day five and then, and then she should find out. Maybe we'll do that. But anyway, there are more winners. We're going to come back on Sunday. We're going to sh- raffle off that half scholarship and that beautiful shine your light mug. And we also are going to give one full scholarship. Come join us on Sunday at 11 o'clock and do your homework. Do your homework. I'm going to be reading it. Maybe I won't read it today. Don't, don't, don't forget. We're starting this program January 24th. The doors to this program are going to close next week. If you want in, do it now. Take advantage of the bonuses. Let's do it. Okay, guys. Have a Shabbat Shalom. I really have to go. 12.07. Let's go. Have a Shabbat Shalom. I'll see you on Sunday. And I hope I'm seeing you in the program as well. God wants you to be rich. Know it and do it. Bye, guys. Love you.